1: and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. It's make or break time as Luton Town head to Wembley for the Championship Playoff Final. Of course, playing against Coventry City. It's the one we've been waiting for since Tuesday evening. A fantastic night at Kenilworth Road, whilst Coventry have done the business at the Riverside Stadium to set up a respectful tie with, with a lot of good feeling between the two teams. Here with me today, I'm joined with... Jamie Castle, Jamie, how are you getting on?
3: Yeah, good, mate. It's it's been a um a, a different week in the office this week. You, see, you sort of realise just the um the enormity of of the of the game when people you've not spoken to in the office for ages think, oh yeah, you're you're a Luton Town fan, and you're now suddenly in a in a pretty massive game. Um, so yeah, you're starting to sink in that we're actually here, seeing all the um the media hype and. Yeah, social media has gone gone off a bit this week, so now it's um, yeah, it's really exciting and yeah, just just trying to sort of soak it in and enjoy it.
2: And we've managed to pull a, a right one off here today. We're joined by Lord Snooty himself. <laughs> How are you doing, Oli K?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I I I didn't think I'd be embracing the nickname so much, but it, it's kind of stuck, hasn't it? I'm enjoying it. Um, this week is dragging why can't Saturday already come it's uh you know contrary to what Jamie said about how it is in his office I'm just pushing all my work onto my colleagues and I'm just fully focusing all my all my power of thought into a Luton Town win that's all I've been doing and I went down to the Kenny earlier today Bumped into my mate, uh, Ian Ian Abrahams. That was, that was lovely. Uh, hopefully he wishes me happy birthday on, on the 4th. Um, but it was a proper circus. There was so much media going on down there. Like playoff fever, playoff final fever has gripped Kenilworth Road. It's mad.
2: And you started that off, Ollie, by saying that you're passing work to your colleagues I'm pretty sure you've done that since I've known you. I don't think that's anything
4: (laughs) new. Uh, It's the benefits of working from home, isn't it? I was working from home pre COVID.
3: Wow.
2: Got it sorted. Mm. All that time ago. And, And to keep you boys in check today, we're also joined by Coventry City fan Mark Smith of Sky Blue Fans TV. Mark, how are you feeling ahead of this big one?
5: Well, I, I'm I'm quite nervous to be honest, uh, but I'm am that I'm that kind of person really. I'm not I don't expect too much, but uh, I'm excited to go to you know, to be back at Wembley. It's uh, it's a great feeling, but uh, yeah, it's gonna. I think I'm a bit like Ollie really, just really really nervous, but um, excited that we've got an opportunity of um, getting getting into big time once again. So uh, fingers crossed that we do it.
2: I have to keep checking with myself and I'll resonate with you here. The fact that this week is really, really dragging. Um, I just, I, I haven't known a week like it and I'm sure it's going to get even slower as we, as we head towards the big day at Wembley.
4: Yeah. Um, fortunately, there's going to be plenty of content to sort of keep us, um, keep us ticking over. Um everyone, all those like weird Twitter accounts um are, are getting involved. And all the mainstream media as well, BBC, Sky, they're just all digging out their drones and getting lovely footage of the Kenny from up high. So hopefully that will help the, the week progress a little bit longer. Uh, well, no, not longer. We want the week as short as possible. It will help it'll help speed the week up, but well, yeah. It's it's mad.
2: This week is mad. 100%. We'll speak a little bit over Coventry first, what they've done this season, how good of a season it has been, and, and the route that they've taken to get here. Mark, coming to you first with, with all things Coventry City. The season didn't start too great, and, and I think most football fans wouldn't have anticipated that the, after the start that you endured that playoffs would have been where you finished
5: no it was a terrible start um, on and off the field um, obviously we had the uh, Commonwealth Games in the summer and uh, they, had, they had the Rugby Sevens at the, C, at the CBS Arena and uh, the start of the season was a bit of a disaster because there was a few games that were called off because of the state of the pitch Uh not the fault of the club, but the uh, wasps and uh, the, the people, the previous people running the stadium. So it was a, it was a really really bad start off the field, and obviously had to play a cut tie at uh, Burton Albion as well in the League Cup. So it was a pretty uh, kind of rewind the clock back to the Northampton and Birmingham City days, which was uh, pretty grim. And then on the field, yeah, it was a poor start. We actually were bottom the league after eleven games. We lost about seven of those games, and then when you look at the rest of the season, we ended up losing twelve games. So you know, in those thirty-five games, we only lost five times. So that was that's where the recovery is there. And um, I thought, I, I, I mean, personally speaking, I think the lowest point for me was we went I went to Norwich away and we lost three 0 and we were absolutely dreadful that game. I don't think it helped that we had so many games that were called off, and I just felt we're in a relegation dogfight this season. i would be happy to be fourth bottom, uh, not not in my wildest dreams that I think that would be sitting here right now talking about a playoff final and an, op- an opportunity to get, become a Premier League club. it was not; it was the furthest thing in my mind because it just just couldn't see it happening. But then I just think um, the players have the players have been brilliant throughout the season. Um, our waveforms has picked up has been better. Um there's been some games though, in fairness where we couldn't we should have picked up more points than we did. And we got we did well to get to fifth in the end. But I look at some of the games we dropped points, and you think three and up against Swansea, we draw a three-three at home. Well, you know, that's just frustrating. But if I look at the season, even though we lost we lost twice to Burnley, we gave them a good game both times. We picked were taken points off Sheffield United. Um Obviously you, you guys we drew twice, so two two fairly close games there. Middlesbrough we took four points off. Um Sunderland we took four points off. So you know we're there and thereabouts and I think looking back, I think we're there on merit. And also we're not we don't have our strongest side. I mean we haven't got I mean Calum ohare has been injured for about three quarters of the season. He's hard to play any games. Probably one of our best attacking midfielders. Um, he's been injured. Casey Palmer has been very good and he's 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 coming back from injury he might make the bench for this game we'll see what happens there but um I think the standout player this season of Celsius too as you know Gustavo Hamer has been absolutely superb um not just his his goal his goal scoring attacking play defensively really good puts in some really good tackles uh picks your um standout player this season um but he could have actually scored more goals than what he actually has done. Uh, he has missed a fair few chances, but he's a fantastic striker. He's, he's a great, great guy to have a team. He, not just his goal scoring, but the way he leads the line. He brings other players into the game. And, yeah, he, he's a massive player for us. And, and also defensively, we've been really good. I mean, Carl um has been a fantastic leader for us. Um, we've got Luke McNally. And uh, Callan Doyle, who I imagine will be our back, will be our back three for for the game on Saturday, and they've been really, really good, uh, particularly against Borough away in the in the second leg. Uh, I went to that game; it was quite an intimidating atmosphere there at Middlesbrough, and they were very confident they would beat us, and we 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 to the man were fantastic, and um, I'm hoping for more of the same on, on Saturday.
2: And and Jamie, when mark was just given a review of the season then there was a point where he said that they felt that they were in this relegation dogfight we played coventry quite early on in the season back when they were in the relegation zone and I remember being quite impressed do you ever consider them as, as relegation contenders i know league tables rarely lie but but they it lied at that point and given what actually happened in the rest of the season
3: no, nah, there was never a chance that they'd be they'd be down there. Um, I think, I mean, maybe mid-table at worst in terms of my my sort of opinion back then. And I think if you if you sort of spoke to any, I guess, educated fan or listened to any sort of decent decent podcast or pundit back then, they were all sort of tipping commentary to recover from that that tough start. What was it? What seven away in a row or something ridiculous like that. Um, being displaced from the ground obviously because of the, the rugby sevens at, at at the CBS. So no, I mean for, for me there was no chance that they'd be in the bottom three or even in danger of going down. I think obviously similar to us, the, the, the foot of them being in the playoff final was would have been a bit ridiculous. I think safe for Luton, right? Um so yeah, I mean they've had a fantastic season, um obviously underpinned massively by by Big Vic and and, and Gus. Um but similar to Luton, I guess underpinned by by Colton and and Lockyer and Co. Um, so no, I think it's it's as as Mark said. I think two sides that made the playoffs on merit, um, won both their playoff ties on merit, and and both fully really deserve to to be there. And obviously, like you said at the start of the pod, Bill, in terms of that respect between the sides, obviously we, we both of us want our respective clubs to go up desperately, right? And and if. And and I and either way on Saturday there will be tears from both ends, be it tears of joy or, or tears of tears of sadness. But I think either way, I, I, there's the element of if you do lose, you sort of almost don't mind as much that it's Coventry or Luton that, that go up, um, just because of the, the stuff that that both clubs have been been through, and it's sort of almost both both stories resonate with one another. So yeah, I mean, obviously, so so want Luton to go up. Um, but no, I mean the, the work that like Coventry and Mark Robbins have done this season is fantastic. And Mark, uh, some time here
2: for you to share your appreciation for, for Mark Robbins, the the job he's done. Um, as we mentioned before, there was sort of takeover madness surrounding the club. There's been the, the Rugby Sevens tournament that that really aided in a very very difficult start. He's had to he had to go through a lot this season, but he's managed to assemble this side that have you know, not just perform to a very high level, they've exceeded expectations on a, on a consistent basis.
5: And the other thing to add is I think we've got, I think, the second lowest budget in the, in the Championship in terms of wages. And that that's pre- because of the previous owner, CC. So we haven't really spent any money really on players. So when you put all that together to say that Will be a, you know one, sh- one, one game away from being a Premier League side, it's just it's just incredible feeling. Um, but it's not just down to Mark Robbins, it's also down to ADV Vivas, the assistant manager, and then Dennis Lawrence, the coach, uh, scouting team as well. Um, Chris Baden, who was who was with us, is no longer scout, the head scout of us. But it's been a real team effort off the field as well as it is on the field. Um, and the team spirit at Coventry is really good, and it's not just this season, it's, it's been last season. There's always a good team spirit. Um, this season has been has been good because we've had Doug, a new owner, Doug King now, in charge. Um, and things are starting to look a lot rosier off the field as well, which is great. So if the worst happened and we don't do it, um, we'll give it a good go next season because the club financially are in a, in a much better place. Um, if we do, they win. I think there has to be a statue for Mark Robbins, quite simple, so simply greatest ever merger in my lifetime as Coventry City. Uh boss, you know, potentially taking us from League Two right to the very top. And the club deserves to be at the very top for all the crap that we've had to endure over so many years. Uh, because you know it's been it's been a poorly run club off the field. Um, things are starting to look better. It might even get better if my if Mike Ashley comes in um, and, and wants to put some money to the club because obviously he owns the ground now. Um, and you know, if we can get there into the Premier League, then you never know. It's the same same for Luton. If they if Luton go up, then obviously whoever goes up from this game will get a massive cash injection. Um, and if you can just start for one season, then you, you could, you, you know, that whoever, whoever goes up from this game will, will should prosper. But you know, let's not look too far ahead. I think it's you know, Luton are a very good side, it's gonna be a very, very tough game on, on Saturday. Um, I worry about uh, their the two strikers. I think Morris and Adebayo are, are quality players. Uh are big and physical strikers that are gonna they're gonna be tough to play against. And it's gonna be a fight. You know, it's gonna be a fight to the finish. We've got we've got a fight to win the game. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be an easy game. Uh borough, but then I didn't think we'd get anything at borough and we did, and we got that win. So, you know, it's it's just about who could handle the occasion the best when i look at the game who can handle the pressure who can handle the intensity of, of of a big game so and we've got to be up for the fight simple as that
2: and dolly as as the new face of oak road hatter you've been on your media duties this this week i'm trying to find a question that hasn't been posed to you already i'm having i'm having difficulty because you you've seemingly been on all these podcasts and all these shows you've You've certainly done the rounds, but I just wanted to go away from the threat that Yorkerez and Hamer uh, both possess. We know they're very, very good players, probably of Premier League ability. Um, I'll take away the probably they are of Premier League quality, but they've also got this real, really resilient defence that we've seen this season. Wilson keeping clean sheet after clean sheet, but but um, as Michael alluded to, McFadgian very experienced defender that again has had another very very good season um kind of Doyle more youthful talent that's been very impressive and and McNally a player that I'm very very fond of it's been a very I, I guess you can draw a lot of comparisons to this sort of resilience that both teams have shown and and do you think that this sort of I say this defensive resilience will be on show at Wembley or does it become a different game because of the magnitude, because of what is at stake?
4: Congratulations. You've asked me a question that I haven't been asked this week. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a game of attrition to absolutely solid defences. Um, <clears throat> what I foresee happening with, with their defence, um, because we've already played each other twice, and uh, if you cast your mind back to the 2-2 sort of at the beginning of the year when, you know, as Mark said, they, they felt they were in a relegation battle. But for anyone watching the game, it was plainly obvious that Coventry were not a team that would be in a relegation battle. You could see there, uh, even though it was a 2-2, you, you could see it was a, you know, a very solid defensive performance. And, and, and again, with the 1-1 at the uh, CBS, um, it was a very solid defensive display. And um, we only scored in that game because for some reason, as Burge pointed out in, in the Put It In The Mixer episode, um, Kov simply hadn't turned on because we scored after 28 seconds or something ridiculous there. Um, and Coventry only scored because um, Jokerez got in behind Gabe Osho and won a penalty. Um, but other than that, it was two incredibly robust defences that were just going about their duty. Um, and for that reason, I don't see a lot of goals in this game. Like, I know in the, in the second tier I said it would be 2-1, but... Um, I've got plenty of time to revise my opinion on that. I think it, it could be, end up... Well, I, I know we're leaving score predictions to the end, but I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. I'll leave my score prediction, my new score prediction till the end. Um, and providing... well, It's a good thing we have VAR, because if you cast your mind back to that 2-2 two, two as well... Uh, Mark, do you remember that incredible save McFadzie made? Yeah? It was, it, <laughs> Jordan Clark had a shot. It was going... He's want a handball. Yeah, yeah, McFadden got a fantastic hand to that ball, tipped it around the post. Phenomenal. Yeah,
5: um, but then we we would say in the game we won five 0 I think your first goal, I think it was, but it was a penalty. Memory serves me right that it was outside the box. So. Oh you know, yeah, well we're, cal- not talk- we're not there, talking. Think, right? we're, we're not bit talking about that.
4: We're not talking about. We're not talking about that. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're just talking about you know. It was
5: no, nah, but you don't see. question. Yeah, we got we got away with that one. But yeah. and again, we've had decision to go against us. So yeah, I mean, we did that was a handball. But true, uh, true. I think, in fairness, um, it was important for us to uh, get, get at least a draw on, uh, at Kenworth. I was at that game match at Kenworth Road. Uh, I could really see because right on the other end. But uh, yeah, I thought, thought you going to
4: say. Get... I thought you were going to say you couldn't see because there was a pillar in your way. Which would be the normal? Well, no, line. no, I've
5: got I, to be fair. I've got clear view, it's just that there's no leg room. And being a, being a man of six foot one, six foot two, I need money, I need a bit of space. But is that it? The the road, <laughs> the, yeah, the the road, there's, no, there's no leg room.
4: It's, it's Jamie is up. our resident giant, he's uh six foot five, absolutely wow. massive. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs>
3: that, that, that leg yeah. rooms a plenty, Mark. I'm, I'm not sure what you're manning about.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
5: But um, it was it was important to get something out of that game because if we'd have lost to Luton, say, 3-2 in that scenario and they got the penalty, then psychologically it would have been tough to come back a bit. But, you know, looking back now, it was a big point. You know, I mean, not many teams go to Luton and get a result. Not, you know, just to get a point is a good result because Luton, that Kenilworth... I'm just glad not playing the playoff final Kenilworth Road because I think I would say Luton would be uh, favourites, at least at Wembley, a bigger pitch. So... Um, that I think it. I'm hoping that that will make things a bit more interesting that way. But uh, yeah, I, I, no, I mean I, I'm, I'm bloody nervous about this game to be honest <laughs> because I think it's a toss of it's a toss of a coin, flick of a coin. This one it could go either way. Um, yeah, it, it really is.
4: Whoever turns up on the day, yeah. like, and if both teams turn up, it will be an absolute war of attrition. It's going to be a horrible game for the. How many fans? Seventy-six thousand to watch. It's going to be awful, but we'll we'll love it. You know,
5: whoever wins will love it. I mean, has there been much change between Rob Edwards versus Nathan Jones in terms of style of football? Was it a better style of football under Rob Edwards, would you say? Because I felt with Jones, who's quite quite direct. So I think I think to be fair to Edwards, I think you can you can be direct, but you can also playing a good passing game, you can do a bit of both. And that's what makes you quite a hard opponent from our point of view. Would that be a fair, yeah. would that be a fair um, assumption to make? Who,
4: who wants to take this one?
3: Yeah, I think Edwards has certainly made us a more rounded team. Um, I think a, a, lot, a lot was made of the Sunderland playoff game in terms of Landler Giants against Landler Midgets in terms of that, that matchup. up um, But obviously we went direct in that tie because that, that was the... The common sense thing to do, right? If if we can launch a ball into the box to Carlton and Eli against, I think Luke Nine was the tallest centre half for Sunderland. Then I think it, it makes sense. Um, but no, I think we're a much better footballing side than a lot of fans of other clubs. Well, I mean, what I would say, jealous clubs potentially. Um, a lot of pundits, a lot of a lot of other neutrals think that we're just a football side, but. We can certainly play to a lot better than a lot make us out to be, and I think um, that that will play to our advantage. I think on Saturday, um, I think if we go as direct as we did against Sutherland, I think you boys at the back can deal with that. As you said, in terms of your r- r- robust defence, I think if 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 we go too direct, and I, I don't think we'll cause you too too much issues. I think we need to show our our, our sort of our well roundedness to, to get past you, you guys. Um, sort of play it on the floor when when the opportunity presents itself and play it in the air uh, um sort of if if that's the best option um but no, i in, in answer to your question i think the, the the progress from nathan to Edwards is definitely um obvious to see for the, the match going Luton fans um yeah we we're, we're a much better football insider than a lot of people sort of allow us and the 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 credit for
4: the, the one thing I've noticed, and I pointed it out on the, fir- I think after the, just to add to what Jamie said, I, I pointed it out after we lost to Middlesbrough 2-1 in Edwards' first game. And the thing I said was, he's got us playing a bit more like Coventry, because I've always been an admirer of the, the football that Coventry play. Um, you know how someone receives the ball um, with their back to goal releases it to an on-running player, and then that player plays it on to someone else. And it, that quick triangle opens up the space. That is something that we do a bit more of. Like, under Nathan Jones, it was lots of big channel balls. Like, if you, if you guys, Billy and Jamie, remember when we had Matty Pearson and the, the go-to move under Nathan Jones was big channel ball down the wing and half the time it ended up off the pitch. Whereas now it's a case of playing low balls. Like sure they're, they're direct, they're quite long balls, but they're direct but to feet, or if it's to Carlton fired into his chest. Um, we, we don't really hoof it upfield anymore. It is a case of um, it is a case of two feet, but long distance passing. And it it has the, the football's one hundred percent better with uh, under, under Edwards. In my opinion, and anyway. I think
2: uh, a main point in that as well is that you'll probably come across Sunderland, Middlesbrough fans, teams that play football, teams that like to, to get the ball out wide, teams that play with width. You'll get fans of those clubs, and there's sort of Jamie, Jamie alluded to pundits that have sort of only gained interest in the championship in, in recent weeks as it heats up. They'll be quick to label us a direct side because the individual game plan was to, to go that way, was to be direct and, and to win second balls and, and sort of hustle and bustle our way through. But we've also seen, we, we've played teams off the park this season. I think back to, to QPR, um, even think back to, to um, Norwich that was around that time as well. That There's been a lot of games where we've played some very, very good football. Um, we, we've, you know, the, the long ball turn at route hasn't really been a feature in, in certain games. I think it's assessing the opposition, um, having individual game plans. Something that that Carlos Corberán had success with Hud- Huddersfield last season was these individual game plans and and really trying to expose a weakness. Commentary, there's not not an evident weakness. So it's going to be interesting to see how we how we go about things. But yeah, answer to your question, I think Jamie and Ollie have, have summed it up perfectly. We're not just this direct side that that perhaps pundits and and other. Middlesbrough and Sunderland fans, I, I want to try and find a, a, a name for these types of fans that think we're we're just this route one kind of side, but but ultimately it's, it's come from a lot of Sunderland and Middlesbrough fans in, in recent weeks. But yeah, I think that's what's going to make it interesting come Saturday, how we approach it um, coming up against a, a Coventry side that are quite versatile as well in, in the way they play football in the systems they deploy um, in their tactics. And, and Mark Robbins is, is someone that, that's... You know, orchestrates that. I think it'll be very, very interesting. Come Saturday, how how that all plays out. We'll go on to the the two players. Um, I think as soon as we say two players, uh, Mark, you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> Jokeres and Amy. Um we, We've mentioned them, where well, we've alluded to them, but now let's sort of hone in on them. Um, Jokeres pretty much every desirable attribute that, that you could wish for in a striker he has uh, there's no shortage of Premier League clubs tracking him at the moment and, and rightly so given what he, he's shown this season and, and for large parts of last season as well he, what do you think, is there a way to stop Jocarez? Um I know teams are kept him quiet and sometimes that's when he actually thrives when, when teams keep him quiet and he finds that bit, bit of magic but help us out, how do we stop Jokovic
5: well, hopefully you can't, personally. Um, but no, um, I thought Middlesbrough did a very good job on him in the first leg um, at, at the CBS. Um, I think his Paddy McNair at the back was very, won every tackle, didn't really let him turn. He's good, he's good when he has the ball, he runs at players, um, and, and, and no defender likes being run at. So yeah, he's got those attributes. But yeah, I think it's just a case of, um, you know, denying space, I guess. I mean, it's the same with, with us trying to stop your two strikers as well. Uh, Morris and Adebayo, you know, they, if you give them time and space, they can hurt you. So, and Yoko is no different. So, I think it's just a case of denying denying the time and space and getting them tackles in and not, and you know, when he's got his back to, back to goal, try and nick the ball off him and, and, and try and get a turnover in possession, really. Um, but... Yeah, Jokic is such a good player that he can lead alone on his own he doesn't always need a second striker and you might look at the team you think oh we're quite a negative we've only got one up front you know but there actually can be a better side one up front when we are with two because Matty Godner, our other striker he usually plays with him um you know good, good good individual striker but as not not great in tandem with with Yokaris because they sometimes don't they don't always have that sort of um they always make the same kind of movement if that makes sense so they're not they're, they're up they're two up front but they don't always play together up front they're not a great partnership and i think sometimes i mean i would personally would go one up front for this game on because on, i Luton tends to play three five two i would I'd, I'd match him up personally and go three five one one uh play Alan allen as the second sort of number 10 position um but yeah Yoko is a tough player um I suppose you want to be asked about Hamer as well, about how to how do you stop Hamer? I guess is the next question.
4: I got a question about Hamer. There have hmm. been rumours that he is he might be injured. Is that true? And was that from your data analyst? slide tackling him in the celebrations.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, the terrible, terrible tackle by the data analyst. It was shocking. Two
4: footed. Uh, it, oh, it was. It was an instant red card.
5: Yeah, I actually saw that live at Middlesbrough. It was quite funny when I saw that. Yeah, he was uh he was pretty it was a good tackle to be fair but uh sad to say for you guys he'll be fit I'm sure for uh, Saturday's game oh. um but he's been a better player this season because the criticism of a Hamer I had for last season was a disciplinary record was shocking. Um picked up he did pick up he has picked up two Reds actually of this season, but they were at the start of the season. But since then he's been he's been sublime. Um defensively he's been good, he scoring goals, providing assists. Um he, he's, look, he's looking the real deal this season so you know, hopefully, he'll be on top four on Saturday because you know, I mean, I, he scored an absolute blinding goal at Kenilworth Road in the season. I don't remember that game at 2 2. I was sitting literally right, literally right behind the goal, it's just an unstoppable shot. And it needed something like that to beat um, Horvath in goal because uh, I couldn't see a scoring, so that, that was a special goal. Um, I mean, Hamer is a, is, a, is a top player, um, he's just one of them players that you know, he's he. It's not just he's a his passing is good as well. He's, he's always thinking, thinking positively. I just think it's just a case of, you know, playing the press. I think Luton will play the press on us. That's what I think will happen on Saturday. Luton, Luton do play the press pretty well. It was definitely. I mean, obviously that was a tactic I saw against Sunderland at Kenilworth Road. They played the press really well, and Sunderland couldn't cope. But I think that's what we've got to do on Saturday. We can play through that press, opens up a bit of space, and maybe then we can we can we can hurt Luton. So. As a Cod fan, that's what I'm hoping for. But equally, I think Luton can stop us that way, and then they could break. So that's what I mean by this game to go either way. It's, it's who can handle the pressure, who can play through the press, and and you know, and who can make them key decisive decisions in the game. So that that's I wouldn't be surprised as that's, that's how the pattern of the game will point. I don't think Luton are going to give us like time on the ball. I think they're going to put pressure on us. They're not going to give us any time. So I think we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to, to play quickly through that and. If we can do that, we've got we've got a chance.
2: And then my my parting three-part question mark here: Are you going to Wembley? Are you going to make full use of Box Park? And the last one: What is your score prediction?
5: Not sure on the Box Park. Maybe I, I'll need to speak with my other other uh, co fans on that one. Um, score prediction: Well, I'm not going for a Luton win. Uh, unlike other Cov other, other fans uh, that I've heard. Um, but what I would say is I think it, um, I'm notoriously fairly um, down the middle, so I'm not going to change my habit of a lifetime because I never ever say Cov win uh, in 90 minutes because that usually goes wrong. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw uh, in 90 minutes. And I think we'll nick it 2-1 extra time. Well, so. Mark,
2: thank you. Very much for coming on. I hope I hope for for our sake that it's not the score line you predicted. And I hope you have a good afternoon, morning up until four forty-five. Um, that's when I hope Newton Town turn it on. We're gonna head into a break now, but coming up, we're gonna talk all things Luton Town.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I've been getting a load of stick during the, the little interval because I never usually call the breaks i usually get i get too lost into what i'm saying and then have to try and sandwich in our little ads um, a little bit later on but i've done it today maybe that's a, a good omen for, for saturday let's hope so anyway but now i'm just with jamie ollie uh, mark has gone we deserve we deserve to be in this playoff final. We deserve another layer of progression, don't we? It's, it's been a fantastic campaign so far, but but looking at everything up until this point, we deserve to be where we are and, and fighting
3: for a spot in the Premier League. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's obviously nice to get the, um, the 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 praise in the media this week. Obviously, it would be nice to have got it before this week, and not not just because we're We've got a fifty-fifty charts chance going up. Um, but now it all all boils down to, I guess, f- f- since the day Gary Sweet in 2020 took over Luton Town. Um, and that journey that we've, that we've been on, obviously, I think, in truth, it probably t- took us a bit longer to get out of the conference than, than we all hoped and, and wished for. But um, if you look back, actually, funny now in terms of those... Those playoff final defeats and the playoff semi final defeats and the seventh place finish, it was sort sort of all. It all it's all, it's all led to this really. I think if if Jason Walker would have actually stuck that penalty in the back of the net, then we, we might not be in the in the position that we are now because it all it all started with twenty twenty and then John Steele and and Nathan Jones and, and and every human being that's been in our journey to to now is just what you just want to thank for everything that they've done. Um, but in terms of the here and now and this season specifically, we more than deserve to be in this final. We were the third place team. We were the, we are the, on paper the best playoff team in in the league. Um, so footballing wise, Luton Town deserve to be in this final. And if you look at the the bookies odds and a lot of the pundits' predictions and thoughts, I think we're we're right we're rightfully favourites and we deserve that tag. Um, I think overall, I'm relatively calm of that. I guess there's an element, there's an element of nervousness that Luton Town have always been an under, have always been an underdog club in in any cup final, any game, any league that we've been in. We've always benefited from being the underdog, so that adds a little bit of well. Actually, now we're we're probably the favourites, and rightly so. Um, but no, I, I, we we deserve to be there, and I it's just it's just keen just to, just to enjoy the occasion, just sort of soak it all in. Jamie, did
2: I hear you right at the top
3: there? Are you,
2: are you think, thanking Jason Walker for, for all of this that's happened to Luton?
3: It's, it's a bit of, of an under-the-breath uh, under thank you. Um, no, no, no
2: statue it, at Power
3: Court? No, 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 no statue, no statue. But I think it's, it's just one of many examples, right, that has is, is galvanised the club. You've got the the RIP Luton sign and that obviously adds a bit of grit to a lot of the Luton fan base. That you just the, the desire to stick two fingers up to him and that photo and that club and, and everything... Um and I think obviously we, we've all been through those bad memories and you don't sort of wish them upon anyone really in terms of what what we've been through because it, it at times it was horrendous. at times it was great. I mean like the experiences in the places that, that we've been to, um you, you can say I was there and if we go up when when we go up at some point because if it's not this Saturday, it, it will be at some point in in the next few years, I hope because. I think we're certainly on that path. I think when we're in the Premier League side, we can look back and, and say, "I was there. I, I was, I was there for the, the that, that screamer by Pelly at Dartford. I was there at Hyde on the last day of the season when we got when we got promoted, and we were out. We saw, he had the Hyde home fans, and that one little shack in the corner, and the rest and the rest of the ground was was Luton Town fans, and it just adds that adds that bit of that emphasis on on just on the on the journey that that, that we've been on. So yeah, I mean, not not directly thanking jason walker but it's just one example of thing of of something that's galvanized
4: the football club i'm with i'm with jamie there actually um because if you think about it philosophically it's sort of like the butterfly effect like a butterfly's wing flaps and it causes a hurricane on the other side of the the world but I, i would actually go a bit further back and it's not thank you jason walker It's thank you, John Gurney. Now, stay with me. I know that's an absurd (laughs) statement to say, but if it wasn't for John Gurney, we wouldn't have started up the LTST. And if we hadn't started the LTST up, Gary Sweet wouldn't have come to prominence. Um, Motions wouldn't have been um, put in place to, um, to get Gurney out. And... Getting Gurney out is what sort of mobilised the LTST to um, buy the debenture, which was like a large debt or or loan that was outstanding against the football club. I'm not a finance guy, so I can't really speak any more about that. But the main thing was John Gurney put together the, was a driving factor in the formation of the LTST. And the LTST were a driving factor in the formation of 2020 and subsequently uh, the taking over of Luton Town Football Club when it was an absolute dumpster fire um, following on from David Pinckney and Bill Tomlins. So, you know, it, everything does happen for a reason and that that's my opinion of the butterfly effect of Luton Town. But, you know, Jason Walker is just a, another step in that Horrific journey, which has turned into quite a happy ending, and hopefully on Saturday we'll become, you know, that bit happier.
3: Yeah, I think it all comes down to that point. I think there's been several interviews over the last sort of five or six years, certainly since we've come back to the Championship, where I think that even on Talksport, Gabby Sweet was asked, how, how do you replicate what Luton Town are doing? And mm. he basically comes back with, Well, unless you go to the conference, you can't, uh, unless the club is basically almost almost killed and rebuilt from the ground up. There's there's no way that a West Brom or Norwich can now just pick up what Luton Town have got and implement it in in their clubs. Um so you think about the minus 30, I guess 40 points the 40 points overall, but minus 30 in league two. Um like it ultimately dropping down to the conference is what is is what has given the club that 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 life that we've got today. Um so yeah, it, it, it's all it's all part of the journey, um, and and it, it's a fantastic club, and obviously just hope that we take that final step on Saturday. Is it we deserve it? Obvi- obviously, we mentioned before with Mark, Coventry also deserve it, and I hope one day they will also up there. Um, but I, ho- I hope it's not it's not Saturday for them.
2: Did you both honestly expect to go that one better? Um, of course, getting to the playoff final is that one better than than. The playoff semi final, uh, of course, we could still go on and win it, but but at this moment in time, do you think did, did you expect that? Um, we, we've always spoken about you know, we've, we've always progressed after a season, and I guess there was no reason for us not to continue that progression, especially when, when you saw the business that we conducted. But were there reservations in your minds that you know we, we've hit not a ceiling, but we've hit sort of an impassable target, we, we succeeded so much. In that 21-22 season that you perhaps expected a a playoff push but not not as um not as successful as as we have been
4: at at the beginning of the season at the beginning of the season i was very um optimistic in predicting a top eight finish but as the season continued and when when we actually were around the playoffs towards the back end of the season I knew that we would make the playoff finals. That that was just my opinion. What about you, Jamie?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the whole word sort of expects. Like, do you expect Luton Town to be in the playoff final? I think it's a tough. It's tough. I think football is a game of margins, and over forty-six games, there's margins are amplified. Um, I think if you, I guess, look at the bigger picture, I, I expected one day Luton Town to be in the Premier League. Um, I think at the start of the season, we put. I think in our in our Oak Row predictions, Bill, I think we put Luton fourth in our 1-24. In our to 24. Um, So I think there was an element of confidence that we could sort of do at least on par with, with last season. Um, but I think, obviously, if you go through some adversity that we've been through, and it's not been on the scale of Coventry, but in terms of uh, losing Nathan Jones again and then appointing Rob Edwards and how, how that sort of fed through, I think when Edwards was appointed, you sort of think, well, okay, let's, let's sort of... Take this six months as it comes and go from there, and hopefully we'll be uh, after six months in a good place to give next season a real good go. Um But then, sort of games, but then games come and go, and um, just yeah, I think the team just picked up momentum and performances were improving and results were coming, and it got you got to sort of early March and and you sort of think. You know what we, we we're doing we're doing this we, we're doing the playoffs at least Um making the playoffs and then when you to finish third was obviously fantastic and then you you come to it and then Sunderland in, in, in the tie and rightly I thought on paper we're the better side and, and we got part Sunderland although it was it was a tough test and and I think in terms of Saturday I think on paper we are the better side I think if if, if both if both teams play at their max I think we come through it Um so. Yeah, do I expect Luton to win on Saturday? No, it's so tough for Luton for you to expect a club to win to win a game of that magnitude based on all the variables that, that football throws up. Um, but I'm confident that 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 we can give it a, a, a real good go and and could come out on top.
2: And going on to our fantastic defensive record this season, you, you look back to points of the season where us as fans were left a little bemused that we didn't do business to bring in a defender. Um, you look at the defensive injuries we suffered. You look at the fact that, you know, Tom Lockyer um, has, has emerged as this absolute beast at the back. Amari um, Bell slotting into that left side centre-back role with ease. Well, why have we suddenly become this absolutely resilient defensive back line? What, what do you pin that down to? Do you think it's it's gaining experience in the championship we're now at a level where we're consistently developing and, and this was just the the next step or do you think Rob Edwards coming in has, has had uh
3: somewhat of an impact yeah I, I think football is so much more of a mental game than people think it is um I think Tom Lockie has always had the ability I think Gabe Osho has always had the ability he, he, obviously we there's a lot of Talk on Twitter about this redemption arc of Gabe Osho in terms of the sending offs and and obviously Watford away and and how will that finished for him and now he's come to be this certainly top Championship centre half who's still very young and and can definitely kick on and, and reach the next level. Um, but it's just mental. It's it's belief. It's confidence. It's just having that faith in your in your own ability that actually you, you can you, you can do that. L- Lockyer's shown for a long time that he's a really good defender. Um, but then suddenly when you start winning games and you have the consistency alongside the people that you play against week in week out and with training and then when you add a fantastic midfielder in front of him in the Camber, that's had the experience that can add to it when you've got a, when you've got a secured keeper behind them with Horvath obviously I, I, I like Sluga in terms of what he did for us but Horvath okay he's made his, he made his mistakes but he adds that little bit of sort of assurance behind them um, so I think this is all it's the mental side of things that I think Edwards has, has certainly helped and has got spot on Um and I think that's, that's, that contributed massively to, 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 to our defence. Obviously, they're, they're all fantastic players, technically and physically. Um, but I think in terms of that, that, that mental side, we've, we've just got it spot on.
4: Yeah, building on that, um, um, I, I mentioned this on the second tier pod. I'm just name dropping now. Um, so I was told a story by my mate um, on Discord, uh, on the Discord server. It's very good. You know, check it out if you want to. I think Jamie's on there, but he never he never participates. Um, so my mate was sitting next to Fred on New dinner at the end of the season awards, and he asked um Fred, what's the difference between Nathan Jones and Rob Edwards? And Fred said, with Nathan Jones, you, you didn't know what you're gonna get because he's obviously he comes across in all his interviews. He's a bit of a nutcase, you never know what you're gonna get with Nathan Jones. Um, Rob Edwards is a much more calm individual and that that boils down to what Jamie put his finger on about the mental side of the game I I remember Amari Bell's first game um, playing left centre back and that was Watford away um, and the less said about that game the better Um, but the one thing I will say about that game was Amari Bell's positioning was absolutely dreadful and um, our defence as a whole in that game was dreadful um but i feel rob edwards as a center back and richie kyle as a out of possession specialist they've not just improved the mental side of our defense they they've also um just improved their positioning they've given them that extra 10% that's just made them that much better um and and as Jamie alluded to, Marvellous Nakamba is just that special source that's drizzled on to the defensive side of our game. He, he's 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 marvellous. Um, and you know, I'm not completely sold on Hall. Of Off. like, I, I feel next season we do potentially need to reevaluate the goalkeeping position. But that that's a problem for next season. We'll go
2: on to some of the battles now. Um, Obviously, the midfield battle will be vitally important. Our, our wing-backs this season have, have been very, very impressive. That's going to be another big battle that, that could help decide the game. And obviously, Jokeres against our backline and then Mod- Morris and Adebayo against their backline. They're probably the three biggest ones to speak about and, and go into the midfield first. and Of course, it, it, it depends who starts for us. There's that decision to be made about Clark or Campbell how do you think the midfield battle will play out um, do you think it's about power athleticism and, and out competing the Coventry midfield do you think that there's more
3: of a technical aspect to it yeah I think Luton Town are at their best when we win the second balls so I think it's it's really important that you sort of you um, you, you sort of show who we are early on, um, get on the second balls and, 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 and put, put your put your weight around. Um I think it's really important that Nicamber and Pelly start well. Um and I think it's also really important that the ref, Michael Oliver, who I think is one of the best English referees there is at the minute, it's important that he has a good he has a good game. I think an, an early card as we saw at Sunderland away can change things. Um so I think if Nicamera gets bricked inside ten minutes and that's probably where my where my nerves start. Um but no, I think we just need to just sh- sh- show what we're about. I think we're we're a high press side. We got we got in the second balls, and if if we can if we can bypass the midfielding and, and and hit it into this into into our centre forwards, and I think we'll give their back three a lot to think about. Um, you mentioned the wing backs. You got Doughty and Dramer against probably Norton, Coffey and Bidwell, and that's going to be a big a, a big battle. I think on paper our wing backs are, are, are better and are more athletic. I think. I think that they can certainly cause both problems, and if if we can pin them back, that that would help massively. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's it's about it's, it's it's more it's about more than just the midfield, but I think yeah, McCamber and Pelly it's specifically, and also Clark technically technically can play massive parts. And yeah. Ollie,
2: coming to you about mm-hmm. the, the striker versus defense battle on on overside, um, Lockyer. I've seen a lot of Jokeres this season. Just, just watching him against various teams, he continually causes problems for, for defenses. But the quietest I've seen was was against Lockyer. Lockyer had a very good game against him. Um, he, I, I personally thought, when we played against him, he gave Burke a few uh, a few problems. But Lockyer is. is rightfully been named in the team this season he's proven to be one of if not the best defender in the league this season it's going to be a, a very good matchup
4: yeah now uh, i think we're going to be unchanged um the, the entire team's going to be unchanged um from of the team that beats sunsland and i believe Lockyer one-on-one with jokeres is going to be a big battle as you say um but even if Lockyer does get spun and Yokarez gets in behind with his pace i think that gabe osho or amari bell will be able to you know either do the double up or the covering run um, because obviously they are both incredibly fast and they're also fantastic 1v1 defenders um, so i um, I I think we have enough in the locker, in case Lockyer does get the better of in in um, on Saturday, um, the I think Gabe has come a long way since that game at the CBS where he gave a penalty against Yocarez. I don't think he's gonna he, he's not gonna let that happen again. Where you know Yocarez gets in behind him, and then he bundles him over. I just don't see that happening again. But. It, it, you know, that does give me a bit of nerves, but I, I just believe our defence is in such a good mindset and good position. Uh, and we got our best back three uh, on paper, which which is crazy because at the beginning of the season, you would have thought Burke would have been, you know, first name on the team sheet. But it's, it's all changed now. It's mad. And I believe Lockyer has it in his locker to, you know, do the job on Jokeres.
2: <laughs> looking at it, looking, well, flipping the script, shall we say, um, of course, Morris and Adebayo, uh, labelled as real powerhouses when you speak to opposing fans, they're the duo that are mentioned before anybody else. Obviously, Adebayo hasn't scored as many as he would have liked this season, but, but his relentlessness, athleticism, power, just just general hold-up play, Um he, Course, he's had a very, very good season as well. But those two as a duo up against, we mentioned it before with Mark McFadgian, who's experienced and uh, very, very um, air-really dominant and wins his ground jewels as well. Then you've got either side of him a little bit more pace with, with Doyle and then McNally. You look at those two, fairly inexperienced, but very, very of a very good pedigree, both of them. Um, McFadgian, as, as we said. Somebody that, that will win his battles. I don't want to say who's going to come up on top, but but how do you see that playing out? Do you think it's going to be a, a who can out outcompete the other? Do you think it's going to be a little bit more complicated than that? How, how do you see that sort of battle playing out, Jamie?
3: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know an awful lot about the back three in terms of in terms of stylistically, but I mean I did, did, just reading on social media, it seems like some core fans see him as like header and kick it types in terms of their their brutes. I think they're they're probably a bit like Lockheed in terms of that they, they, they can put their head anywhere and, and and get rid. Um but I think what will play to our advantage is I think Morris and Eli despite what a lot of the discourse are are much more than than target men. I think Carlton Morris, we've seen in the figures, left foot, right foot, heads, he, he can do the lot. Adebayo can can beat a man and meg him on the floor as well as, as win it in the air. Um so I think if if we manage to get their wives at their backs one on one on one with Adebayo, if we get Carlton Morris really running at, at McFadsey and I think we can cause a, a lot of issues. And I think just looking at at the teams for Cobb's Second leg at Barrow, all, all three of them got booked, and I think if I think that I think that, that that shows a bit about them in terms of I think that they might gamble at times to try and win the ball, and and if if we've got a strong referee and and they make a foul, we we, we need that referee to to hopefully help us out in terms of giving them a yellow card and, and stopping that early. Um, so yeah, I think obviously going back on, on on us stylistically, I think if if you put in, if if you purely think about the way that we're we posed in the media is this direct side. I think a lot a lot of people think actually now that the commentary back three can deal with Morris and Adebayo, but I think they're a lot better than than what a lot of people give them credit for. Um so I expect I I expect us to switch up in game a little bit in terms of Morris finding space out in that little half space out wide and same with Adebayo and maybe Morris dropping in to try and pull McVaddy in it out of position a little bit and then you've got Clark's um, sort of runs in behind and Pelly's runs in behind. And I think I think the off the off the ball movement is also massive as well at the weekend and, and getting that support from those two eights in likely Clark and Pelle on, on Saturday is going to be really important as well.
2: Ollie Wembley is a big pitch. We've mentioned it before how do you think that will I guess how do you think that will change things? Um Going from Kenilworth Road on, on Tuesday evening, going to Wembley. There, there's been a lot of talk that you know at, at Sunderland at a wider wider pitch, we struggled. But in my mind, Coventry are not a team like Sunderland or Middlesbrough that, that thrive as a wide attacking unit. And you look at Middlesbrough when when we went more direct, and um, they've got Ryan Giles on one wing providing width, who's arguably best crosser um in the championship and they've also got sort of bizarre jones that that causes a lot of problems Sunderland they have jack clark patrick roberts and Matt Diallo. coventry uh, their threats come more centrally so do you think that element of, of playing on a wider pitch and perhaps Luton not being suited to that do you think those worries concerns or whatever questions can be quashed
4: no i'm with you with that um I think it's sort of the whole big pitch thing has been completely blown out of proportion. It's it sort of snowballed. Um, and and there, there are two facts here. One, we have the second best away record in the championship. Um, and we're, we're playing on pitches way bigger than, than Kenilworth Road. Sure, the CBS arena is, is uh, the same size as Wembley sure but also if you go back to that first half against Sunderland um we 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 were bossing Sunderland completely bossing them and it was only a moment of magic from Diallo that actually woke their fans up and then when the fans woke up that that's when our players started to shit themselves and that it, it that is all simply um in terms of a bigger pitch, when we attack, we have the better threats on the wings. We have Doughty, we have Drame. If we can stretch the pitch when we attack, we will hurt them because there'll be more space between their back three and we can cause a lot more problems for them. When it comes to defending, we need to defend narrow. But the the whole big pitch thing has just been blown out of proportion. It really has. And everyone's saying, "Oh, look at the dinky little Kennerworth Road pitch. That's the only reason you, you beat Sunderland. Like, if, if you're a good dribbler, like I think Clark showed, uh, um, can't remember his first name, the the Sunderland's Clark, not not our Clark, Jack, as he showed, yeah, Clark. Jack Clark, as he showed, if you're a good dribbler, you know you don't need a big pitch to do the do the business like there was a moment where he would have scored like a goal of the season contender when he, he beat like so many players and had a had a shot like sure he dragged it wide but you know pitch sizes don't matter like an extra two yards width it, it, it's inconsequential so I, I'm not too worried about the big pitch
3: yeah I, I couldn't agree more I think the, the big pitch um, arguments a bit lazy personally from a lot of, a lot of the neutrals and, and, and pundits. I think, as you say, Sunderland away, I think the first 35 minutes, we were by far a better side and we were getting a lot a lot of the joy from the wide areas in terms of Clark pulling out wide and I think Clark turned one of their wide men early on and and, and found joy out wide and the strikers were open out and wing-backs, etc. So yeah, I agree. I think the only reason we lost at Sunderland was, was the atmosphere and the fans. And um, and okay, there's going to be an atmosphere at Wembley, but it's going to be an equal one rather than a uh, rather than a what a, a twenty to one ratio. Um, yeah, and I think the, the big pitch, obviously, it's it's a big factor in the game tactically. It, it, it certainly does add an element tactically. But I think if you look at both sides, it's about how athletic are are the sides in transition. And I think we're are more athletic, and it's not, and that's not just transition back to front, but left to right. If if they try and find a cross-field ball from, from right and a half to, to, to left wing-back, can we shift across quick enough to get it? And I think we've certainly got the midfield to do that and we've got the wing-back to do that and we've got the wide side of the back to, to do that as well and Osher and Bell, I think they're, they're very they're very athletic. Um, So I think, yeah, in terms of the big pitch, I don't think, if Coventry win on Saturday, it's not because the pitch is bigger, that's for sure. It's because they're the better side or they get a bit of luck. Um, So, yeah, I think we can certainly deal with, with the big pitch and I think actually like like I just said, we're probably more equipped to do with that personally.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. It, it makes sense. It really does. Did you just thank him for agreeing with you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> is that what happened?
2: <laughs> <laughs> After a bit of tactical talk. He's
4: validating yeah, is... me. He's valid I like to be validated.
2: Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it from from there.
4: Uh, taking this. I mean it is rare now.
3: to be fair, yeah. isn't it, Bill? It. It, it it is rare that i right.
4: Yeah. yeah yeah you sound like my wife but <laughs> <laughs> so let's
2: talk about the occasion itself it's gonna be crazy waking up on saturday morning um feeling sick to your stomach uh, i'm still sick to my stomach now and it's tuesday evening But but it's gonna be even even worse come saturday Everyone piling down to Wembley, all going down to the pubs, all going down to, to do whatever, piling into Wembley, thirty-six thousand Luton fans, thirty-six thousand Coventry fans. It's gonna be some atmosphere and and whilst you know, it's Luton's job on the pitch to, to defeat Coventry fans have got their part to play as well, and it's gonna be some atmosphere come four forty five on Saturday.
4: Did you see that Coventry are giving their fans thirty six thousand um, flags? Well, how pathetic is that? It's like Fulham with with the clappers. It's ridiculous. They're trying to manufacture an atmosphere.
2: I did see it. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. No, no,
4: can't say I have. Yeah, well, you know, I'm 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 disappointed with that. Uh, I... I I think that's quite pathetic on Coventry's part, really. We're having to buy our own flags.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What I was hinting at was, what are your plans? How are you going to de-stress before the game? And I've got a feeling I know know what Jamie's going to say, and I'm pretty sure I know what Ollie's going to say. I think it's going to be
3: pub-related. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the pub might might come into the plan at some point. but I mean, I guess in terms of the top of the question and the nerves, I think that the how are you feeling question I've been asked God knows how many times since Tuesday. Um, and I, I think I'm actually, I'm I'm, I'm I'm reasonably calm given the occasion. Um, I think you just need to sort of try and holistically step back. And obviously a lot's been said about our journey today and what we've been through. And I think it would be a waste to to let nerves get in the way and not, Not enjoy what is going to be an absolute storm of a day. Either way, either way, it's going to be a fantastic day. Um, Just seeing Luton Town in what is the biggest game, certainly in in English football, potentially world football, um, and just to be part of that spectacle and sort of we've come we've come accustomed to people that we know sort of not watching Luton, not caring about Luton. Over the course of a decade or more, um, but everyone is going to be watching that game on Saturday. We're going to be in in the limelight. The whole, the whole, the whole world of of football and certain an English football is going to be watching that game on Sky on on Saturday. And to think that we're going to be one of one, one of the few. I would say lucky few, but we we're not lucky. We because we, we all deserve it. Um, to be at that game is it's going to be fantastic. So I'm I'm trying to not get nervous because I think it it would be a waste to to sort of to, to, to not to not enjoy the occasion. Um, in terms of plans, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy now that my dad is, is flying back to it. He, he fucked up big time, and he, he's he um he, he's currently in Santorini um for my for, for their wedding anniversary, my, my, my dad and my mum. But he's he's been given the pass thanks to mum, the the diamond that she is. He's he, he's flying back Friday and then back out on Sunday to meet her. Although I'm sure there's a there's worse places to be than Santorini on your own, Mum. But no, so to Dad's Dad's flying back to London on Friday. He's, he's crashing at my flat for two days. Um, so no, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be some. it would it, it, be a nice Friday night, just me and him. Going to I'm, I'm going to make him a curry, and and we'll have, no doubt we'll have a few beers, just sort of enjoying the build up. And then Saturday, we've got we've booked breakfast in Greenwich, which is which is where, where I'm I'm living. Just just me and him, just to sort of build up and then and then we will make a way into London and meet up with the lads and, and, and start start getting up getting on it from there. Um but no it's um it means a lot obviously been through it all. Obviously there's been mates that have come and gone over over the course of, of the 12, 15 odd years, but that's but been ever present. So I'm looking forward just to sort of sucking up that, that day with him and, and yeah, just sort of making the most of it because it's, it's memories for life. And and yeah, I can't wait.
2: What yeah, a son you are Jamie yeah.
3: Carson. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'll yeah. try. I'll
4: try. <laughs> well, Jamie, what about say, you? Well, uh, it's funny that Jamie says he's not hes not nervous yet. I mean, it's a good thing that you're going to be chilling with your dad on Friday night because I guarantee you both are going to be bricking it. <laughs> you need a couple of drinks because you're not going to be sleeping otherwise. You're just going to be so nervous. I know that's what I'm going to... I'm, I'm not going to sleep on Friday night. But my plans, um, me and my dad are going for a late brunch in Bushy which is only like a mile and a half away from Stanmore the nice easy train to Wembley Park and then I'm just going to be sitting up at the Torch pub um, probably for about three hours getting progressively drunker um, like I don't want to get blackout drunk I want to remember the game but I want to be on the edge so if we do lose I can you know <laughs> have, a, have a few more and just forget it instantly um, yeah, but mainly it's just a meal and then, you know, drinking heavily until uh, <laughs> until kickoff. Because um, I am quite nervous. In case I hadn't told you guys that.
3: Yeah, I can tell. I can tell.
2: I
4: mean, I, 70...
3: I, I, I think when that turnstile clicks at Wembley, I think yeah, I'm, I'm certainly going to probably lo- lose a few pounds in um, in excrement from from my bowels. Um, <laughs>
4: There are lots Fair. of toilets, though. Lots yeah, of lovely yeah. facilities in Wembley. It's not like yeah. the Kenny where you go to a toilet and there's already like a poo piled up on, on the toilet seat.
2: <laughs> well, that's Kenny. 72 <laughs> minutes of conversation leads us to this point. How is Saturday going to play out? Are Luton going to win? What are your score predictions?
3: Well, well you go first, mate.
4: Oh I was hoping you go first. <laughs> no, go
3: on. Over to you. Uh,
4: so I, I had I had predicted two one before. Um, but I, I'm revising that now. I think it's gonna be an incredibly uncomfortable one nil win in ninety minutes.
3: I would certainly take that. Jamie, where's your header? Um I'm I'm confident I think I think we have to be I think as as I said earlier in the pod we're rightly favorites if both teams play at their maximum for 90 minutes we, we'll come out on top but obviously we know football's not that simple um but no I mean I think at half time I think we'll go and wander up I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll sort of pr- prove <laughs> <laughs> <what you're> <laughs> I can see Ollie laughing I I think we can prove the, the side that we are and and, and 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 sort of get a league going into half time um and i think after that it's sort of how the game plays out can, can we defensively be the side that 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 we've shown we have shown we have been so far um and, and can we prevent sort of their their two massive threats i think my my heart overall says i think we, we're going to finish up 2-0 winners i think we, i think it we're going to get get a late a late goal just to seal it um but yeah i think I'm Confident we can do it in, in ninety minutes. I think if if it goes into extra time, then that's where where it really starts throwing up a, a flip of the coin. Um, because who knows, extra time, penalties, god forbid, if it's if it goes to penalties, um, talk about nerves then. Um but no, I think I think we can do it in ninety minutes and I think I think we can do it too now as well.
4: I was laughing by the way because while you were talking Billy changed my screen name to Lord Snooty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if we win, I'm changing my Twitter name to Lord Snooty.
3: Can, can you get a win. tattoo of of Lord Snooty?
4: Oh, um
3: so just get like a small Snooty 9 on your arm or, a, yeah, like, like, in that in that EFL namesake um font.
4: I get I get a Snooty 88 because that's my uh Cool. Done. You know that's my that's my birth birth year, also the year that Luton won uh, the Littlewoods. So, uh, I'd think about it. But for now, I'm just going to say I'll change my Twitter name to Lord Snooty if we win.
2: And that will only be the start
4: of it. <laughs> if we finish top in the Prem, I'll, I'll get the tattoo on my forehead. <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: There's currently a queue of Luton fans that need tattoos. So if if you're looking to set up a tattoo parlour with Luton, I'm sure you can you can make a fortune. You got you got Bataro who needs to get that tattoo still. Was it a Nathan he needs Jones? Jones, fan Nathan that he, Jones. That he that, he, <laughs> that he needs to get He needs to get tattooed. And then I think my mate Kieran said about Horvath, If he kept something like 15 clean sheets, so Kieran, if you're listening, you need to get that tattoo done, son. Um, and 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 then hope and then hopefully come. Come Saturday, at, what? what's it going to be? Half six, seven o'clock? We're going to get a sneaky 88 tattoo on on, on Ollie somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to, to my score
2: prediction, um, I know I get this tag of being pessimistic, but I'm not going to be as pessimistic. I'm going to go for one all after 90 minutes. I'm going to go for two all after extra time. So. And then I'm going to go... 10-9 Luton on penalties.
1: Stop oh, you're talking. Killing
4: me. You're Stop killing talking. Me. You're killing me. Okay, off well to get,
3: yeah. well. <laughs> get the winner. Leakwell. Move off to get the winner because because it it it'll be <laughs> earlier in the, in the one order than marvelous the camber. Go
4: Marv, if, if Marv and Nakama steps up to take a penalty, he'll probably clear the stadium, won't you?
3: That's what I mean. I, 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 love Marv, but I, I love Marv, but he's number 11 in the, in the penalty running order, surely. So Ethan steps up to get the window on penalty 10. Let's Ooh. hope so.
2: Anyway. Well, lads, a big thank you to the pair of you for joining and to Mark earlier for being a big part of this preview. Next pod Luton Town could potentially be a Premier League side. It, it feels absolutely bizarre to, to be saying that, but obviously bringing us back down to, to life, we could also be in the Championship ahead of another campaign. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be all sorts of motion coming out on Saturday. Let's hope we are victorious and we are celebrating in the streets of London come about seven o'clock Saturday evening. As always, please make sure to check us out on social media. On Twitter, we are at Oak Road Hatter. On Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. And on YouTube, we're also Oak Road Hatter. And it is goodbye for now to those making the trip from Luton and surrounding areas. It's only 30 miles to Wembley.
6: Tough and pretty rough, so we can stand the pain. Hey,
1: hey. So the sun
6: shone bright down in Soho Square, till the terrace cast a shadow on the upper tier. Thirty miles to Wembley, and here come the hatters again. 50s through the 80s and 90s, we've always believed. We've got a hand on the cup and it's lifting us up. The glory days are near again. 30 miles to Wembley, here come the haters again. Aye. final game in May Well we bounce back before and we'll settle the score when we climb up the leagues again 30 miles to Wembley and here come the Hatters again